Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Chris Fern. He is the creator of the Mindful Money Program. Uh, and you can find out more about what we're going to be speaking about at his website, practicemindfulmoney.com. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Chris. Thanks so much, Jordan. I am excited to be here. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Sure. So let's start with your path a little bit. You've had a kind of an interesting path to oh, yeah. helping people uh, improve their financial uh, mindset, I guess you might say. Kind of just give us briefly your path to where you've gotten to today. Nice. Yeah, the story. So um, I come from a family that, that didn't really have much money. Um, growing up, I was uh, macaroni and cheese was a staple, and I often um, you know, was excited for $2, right? So I wasn't the kind of kid that had a huge allowance or really had a lot of money. And then I got into the real world and realized, hey, you actually need money to survive. And I found myself getting stressed out about money, and I found myself feeling like I never had enough money. And so um, I, then I, I, I thought to myself, hey, it would be a great idea for me to get a regular job. Because if I get a regular job, regular salary job, that's guaranteed income. And I know I'll be comfortable. And I got a regular salary job and it was guaranteed income and I wasn't comfortable. And so I asked myself, why? I asked myself, what's that about? Why, why am I uncomfortable? This doesn't make any sense. And it wasn't until I bought a new car with the money that I didn't have um, where they asked me a question. They said, how would you like to pay for your car payment every time you get paid. And I said, well, that sounds like a brilliant idea. I'm glad you want to take money um, as soon as I get paid and uh, before I even see it. But I want to make sure I make my car payment. So yes, let's sign up. And after I did that for about a year and a half, it dawned on me that um, I could use this for everything. Um, and as I put every single expense that I had um, into a plan like that where everything was automated, everything was automatic, I didn't have to think about it, um, that's really the origin of, of mindful money. And as I used that system that I built for myself over and over again, I realized that there's so many things that people do to get in their own way that keep them from being happy that um, this can solve and that I solved for myself. Things like, um, you know, resolving cognitive dissonance and how we spend. A great example is, you know, my friend tells me to buy the latest video game. And uh, I, I, I heard that suggestion a month ago and a new friend comes and says, hey, you need to buy a, a part for your car because it'll do this, this, and this. Or you need to buy this coaching program. Whatever's most recent in my mind is going to have the most weight. That's just one example. But um, the story was really from a place of not having enough to thinking I had enough to realizing I didn't have enough and really observing and noticing what happens within myself and what happens within other people when I ask them about their money. Um, and then how I can resolve that problem. And then coming up, understanding that problem, how did you come up with the concept of mindful money as a solution for people uh, to solve that problem? Well, you know, I'm a very technical person, so it started incredibly operationally, which nobody really likes. If you listen to a programmer talk, you probably fall asleep. So I had to take a more creative approach. I had to ask myself questions like, um, well, let me back up a little bit. Mindful money is not just this this program. It's not just this coaching thing. It's it's uh, what I call a value based um, prosperity coaching technology. So it uses people's intrinsic values to define what they want and what they need, and then spend accordingly. So how I took that 
one experience that I had and that realization that this was a problem for people um, was to then say, okay, what is different from person to person to person? I had to do a deep study of psychology, a deep study of philosophy, and um, really keep up on the entrepreneurial trends out there and just notice how people are spending and what makes people not happy and what makes people happy. And that's really the coaching part of this is having that awareness and being able to personalize the thing, the program, the way that their money gets dispersed. When they receive money, that money gets dispersed through the program. Um, When they want something, that's put on the table. It's not just like, no, I don't have the money for that. So I really had to spend the time both self-reflecting and a deep, deep study of psychology to see how people get in their own way. And then I just built a course around it and I built, uh, I'm writing my second book. So I I built a ton of media around it um, and and around those ideas. You call it gamified. You call it a gamified approach to self-improvement. How is it gamified? What kind of game are people playing uh, to end up uh, having more control over how they spend their money? Sure. So um, I base the game off of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And so mm-hmm. the way that this works is, you know, you, you, you enter the program and you set up what you, you set up your value set and you set up your value hierarchy. And I don't I don't call it that, but for the sake of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's a value hierarchy. And you set that up. And then when you get money, that money gets distributed according to the artificial technology um, and it goes right in line, uh, artificial intelligence, I'm sorry, and it goes right in line with that Maslow's hierarchy of needs with that value set. And you get direct feedback on how, when you say to the program, hey, when I have food, when I don't have to worry about rent, when I don't have to worry about safety and security, I feel this way, whatever this way is for you positively. And when, when I can't pay my rent or when I'm worried about it, I feel this negative thing. There's a whole hierarchy of, the, of, of those values. You get to see exactly how much of that cash, uh, in this case money, um, gets contributed to each of your values. So you get direct feedback on what, what you're saying, hey, my value is this. The program says, okay, you have this much money. Here's how much you're actually contributing to those things that you say that you love and that you want. Here's how much you're feeding back into yourself um, using this hierarchy that's pretty much been proven in psychology. And here's how much um, you're satisfying your entire being. Um, and it, it's it's kind of like a pyramid filling up, you can imagine. So explain how this works. So you uh, subscribe to the program and tell us how to do that and how much that might be. Let's just do that first. Sure. Um, so we have a couple different membership programs. Um, the uh, You would subscribe to the program. Uh, there's a free tier. So the free tier walks you through the initial experience so that you can get a feel for what it does, right? So I'll walk you through that experience. Um, the, the paid tiers give you additional features into this platform. So you walk in the door and it, it, it asks you um, to do a brief just pause and reflect. What are the things that you want that you've told yourself that you can't have? Um, but it, it starts to open that, that window of possibility for you. And then it just gives you a couple words. So safety, home, security. Um, when you have these, and it asks a question, when you have these things, how do you feel? And it's very simple. It's that question and then the website header on the top. It's very, very basic and it's meant to be that way. Type in a couple words. It'll ask you, hey, when you don't have these things, how do you feel? You type in those words and it'll do that for um, a couple rounds, maybe like 10 questions. From there, now you've got this whole list that you've already made of all the things that you never, th- that you never thought that you could afford that, um, or the things that you're already paying that you don't think maybe, maybe uh, that you don't think that you can afford or maybe that 
you um, are just paying for. You take each of those and then you pair them with that value system, with that value set that you just defined. So for me, if I don't have home, if I don't have um, my rent paid, if I don't have a safe place to stay, I'm in panic. I'm in fear. I'm almost disgusted with myself. But when I do have those things, there's a sense of safety. There's a sense of comfort. There's a sense of calm. Um, there's a weight off my shoulders. Those are words I would really type in. And so then what happens is I have my whole list of, of uh, and I do that for each. You know, you may recognize when I say home, security, that's a layer, that's a level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I don't tell people that as they're going through the process. But you have all these values, that, these layers of values that you've built up and all these things that you want, and you just pair them. You literally drag and drop. I want, you know, rent makes me feel this way or doesn't make me feel this way when I take care of it. My new video game makes me feel this way or doesn't make me feel this other way when I, you know, don't get it. And every single thing goes through that process. And then, then you put you, a dollar amount with it. So your video game is exactly, $20 yes. and your home rent is $1,000. Exactly. There's a dollar amount associated with each of the needs. There right? is a dollar amount associated with each of the needs. Um, and that's... You, you definitely plug that in. Um, I don't do that until later when we start to dig into the details. And I don't do that because I want to keep people in this very creative, open space. Conventional finance takes this route of what do you have? How much does it cost? How do you want to put it together? And that's very heady. That's very masculine. That's very um, logical. But mm -hmm. happiness isn't logical. Happiness doesn't work off of logic. I can talk about happiness all day and still be a depressed person. My whole goal is to use mindful money to create happiness and to create mm -hmm. prosperity. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, exactly. You type in the numbers that comes later, but what you end up with now is this hidden space of, um, here's all my values. And then the system knows the program knows what's in, what's in each of those layers. Then the next step is, um, of course you, you type in your dollar amounts and then anytime after that, you don't have to type in those dollar amounts. They're stored, they're saved. If there's something new that you want, you would estimate a dollar amount, plug it in, categorize it, drag it and drop it. And this would be a weekly practice, right? The weekly practice would be go over everything new that you said that you wanted, drag it, drop it, give it a number. Um, and then plug, in how much, then plug in how much money you have. Once you do that, the system does that whole gamification piece. So it then tells you as you're about to spend on something, uh, you can or you can't, or you can spend less of it. How does it then impact the actions you take once you've got, you got the whole thing set up. Absolutely. So it, it, it takes a kind of a different approach. It's not just, can I buy this or not? It actually tells you when you're able to. It tells you, uh, it uses the old envelope system model and every single thing that you want is a virtual envelope. And those envelopes are prioritized against each other um, in each of these layers. And um, the envelopes are ordered. So if, if I don't have the money to afford the very top layer of my Maslow's hierarchy of needs piece, there's less money that goes there. Um, but using the proprietary artificial intelligence that I built, using the algorithm that I've built, um, it will um, just make sure money gets distributed to each layer of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and then break down in each layer. Um, how it says, how much money do I have available for this particular, this particular area? and um, distributes the money according to when you need it, how much it is, and how much you have saved up for that thing. So it's, it invokes more patience rather than urgency and changes the conversation from exactly what you asked, can I buy this thing, yes or no, oh, I can't afford it, to when can I buy it, and it'll just notify you when you have the money available. But you weight your money based on where it is on the hierarchy of needs. So the Correct. kind of basics, the survival level, 
of food and shelter and things like that are going to get a higher weight than exactly. the top, like uh, enlightenment at the top of the lead. That that's that yes. only comes later once you've got all the basics covered. Is that the idea? Yes and no. It's not it's not a, a one then the next then the next. Um, think of it like a triangle, right? Um, you could fill up that triangle from the bottom to the top, but that's what people have been trying to do for years and they're not happy. You still need to get the things that elevate you a little bit, that elevate your energy a little bit. So I actually take all the money and break it down into each layer of Maslow's hierarchy of needs or each layer of that pyramid so that some money is going to each layer. And then the weight um, is exactly what you said. There's more money in the bottom than the top. And the only exception to that would be if you've completely filled up the bottom, that extra money rolls over. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Chris Fern. Uh, he is uh, the uh, founder of Practice Mindful Money. Uh, the website to find out more about what we're talking about is practicemindfulmoney.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Chris Fern. Uh, his firm is called uh, Pract- Practical, uh, Practice Mindful Money, and the website is practicemindfulmoney.com. Welcome back to the show, Chris. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jordan. I, um, I love being on the show here, and <laughs> I appreciate it. Talk a little bit about the artificial intelligence part of this whole program. And you're putting these inputs in on how you feel and what the money level is and the hierarchy mm-hmm. of needs. What does the artificial intelligence do to help guide you towards happiness? Sure. So it, it leverages a database of research um, to give you recommendations 
on what you could be doing differently. It looks at, uh, we talked before the break on how each of these layers of um, how I'm embedding Maslow's hierarchy into this, into this technology. Um, you know, you put money into the system and each of these layers fills up, so it tracks that, right? And the goal, uh, the goal is to contribute to each layer such that you are happy, such that you feel good. And so there's a, a check-in that happens at the beginning of each weekly mindfulness practice that asks you some basic questions. How do you feel about money? How have you felt about money? You know, do you, does money make you happy? What feelings come up? And so it tracks those um, and it will correlate those with uh, how your distribution's happening across each layer. So we, we talked earlier about gamification um, by looking at the... Uh, most recent mindfulness practice you've done, the one before that, the one before that, the one before that, and then your sentiments with each one, um, it can draw conclusions on, okay, you're happiest when you're contributing to this fourth layer of Maslow's hierarchy. It's not going to say, you know, the fourth layer of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but for the sake of the conversation, you're, you're happiest when you're contributing to these envelopes, these things that you put into this group. And because you're happiest when you contribute to those, I would suggest setting up, uh, I being the AI, would suggest setting up a little bit of buffer money in there so that you can play a little bit in that space while still paying for the things that you need to pay for. It'll also track um, how you're contributing to those basic levels of Maslow's hierarchy of needs uh, and how you're taking care or if you're taking care of the basic things that need to be taken care of. So it will follow uh, and gather data around how you've set up your own life using your own value system, your own things that you, you know, your own wants, your own desires, uh, and your needs, and how you have organized those in order to uh, feel happier in accordance with this thing that we call Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And some people are a little bit different than others. And that's really how it works is it gives you personalized advice based on coaching practices based on your financial history and uh, also based on how you feel to give you those recommendations. Are there different levels of happiness based? I mean, some things are needs. You have to be able to eat and be sheltered. And then there are wants like mm-hmm. uh, enlightenment and things like you don't sure, need, and you don't need enlightenment. It's nice to have, but uh, <laughs> is there kind of a correlation between how happy you are with having more money, I guess you might say, flow up the, the pyramid to the top levels so you're not just in survival mode all the time. Yes. Yes, there is. I actually, I'm working on a theoretical um, figure that talks about, you're talking about a couple things. One is, are there different levels of happiness? I believe there are, and that's a three-pronged question. The second thing that you mentioned is, so you're not in, um, I forget the word that you used. Survival uh, mode. Survival right. mode. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So you're not in survival mode all the time. And there, that's a two-part piece. So... Um, the survival mode thing comes because we don't have clarity, right? Because we don't know how we're going to fill in the blank. Um, and so this gives you that clarity. At the same time, it also keeps you connected to those wants like enlightenment or like, uh, for me, I know that one of the things that brings me joy is great music, uh, not just playing music, but recording music and having good recording equipment. I don't know why makes me happy. So one of my envelopes, personally in Mindful Money, is a new set of studio monitors and a new microphone, just because it makes me happy. But that's low on the priority list. Um, So that lack of survival comes from seeing what I'm working towards and knowing I'm getting closer and seeing that happening over time. And then also that awareness and that clarity. 
Now, in terms of the different levels of happiness, um, certainly uh, I believe, and this is my personal belief, that there are different levels of happiness. I think that there's that survival, uh, primal, fear-based thing that we all have, and especially if you don't have a lot of money or you perceive, that's the difference here, is if you perceive that you don't have a lot of money, you'll end up in survival mode. There, yes. was, a great, there was a great study that was done in uh, New Jersey. A couple of Harvard professors went into a New Jersey mall and interviewed some people. They interviewed a couple hundred people, and they found that when there was even the thought of not having enough money to pay for a thing, um, people's IQ lowered by 10 points. That's the equivalent to being drunk. Mm -hmm. So that's just the perception of not having enough money, never mind what the numbers say. So I take all that out of there. And yeah, sure, you're going to have that scarcity feeling a little bit until you see that you're actually getting the things that you want. And the, so, so that's the first part is, yes, we're, we're pulling out um, that initial happiness. We're, we're drawing that out by saying, hey, look, you're actually doing it. You're actually getting it, even though you might have fear. So I'm not saying don't be afraid, like a lot of these abundance things we're talking about. I'm saying be afraid and be present, mindful money. Um, the other piece is research. So happiness, right? Um, research shows that there's certain things that you can do to increase happiness. If you give a certain percentage of the amount of money that you have away, you'll actually feel happier. If you pay for experiences and not things, that's a common one people are catching on to nowadays, you'll feel happier. Happiness is felt more leading up to an event than at the time of the event. So I advocate patience and mindful money breeds patience because you're not just going to go out and impulsively buy a thing. You're going to add it to your list and you're going to go through your process of assigning it to your value set so that you never pit. So you never, something never skips the line. You're always pitting everything against everything else. So it's more the anticipation than it is the actual event. As oh, absolutely. Kind of the journey as opposed to the destination is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, think about all these guys that go to, to festivals and that go to all these things and they're all talking and there's this huge buzz before they go. Maybe it's a conference, right? Oh, I can't wait to see you guys there. And then, then you're there and it's like, oh, is this it? You know, so yeah, that's a big part of it. There's a book that I uh, tell people to read called Happy Money, and I don't get anything from recommending that book, but uh, it talks about all of those happiness studies. It's not just the one or two things like giving or, um, or, or anticipation leading up to something. There's a whole slew of research around what you can spend money on to make you happier. And that's all factored in. That's just another thing that you would prioritize. Yeah. Now, your book you've done is called The Mindful Money Blueprint. Uh, of five simple hacks to a more prosperous life, your guide to happiness through spending. And I just yes. want to go through, and, and people can get that at practicemindfulmoney.com, correct? It's 100% correct, yes. Okay. So let's just kind of start with some of the ideas. If the beginning you have is what you call overestimating and underestimating. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you mean by that, and, and how do you apply that to your life to, to make you happier? Oh, this is great. So... Um, first of all, it's worth saying that this program is marketed to the people that have a belief that they don't have enough money. So this book is specifically written to disprove that belief because everybody has enough money in my opinion. So what do I do? Back to your question. Um, I overestimate my expenses and I underestimate my income. So let's say I have $100 and I know that a certain expense is $85 um, or even actually, yeah, let's say $85. So that expense is 85 bucks. I'm going to say that I have not, that it's a $90 expense. So now I've cut the amount of money that I, I, I felt like I didn't have down by $5. Okay, I only have $10 left in my head. So now I'm going to go out and I only think I have 10 bucks. 
But and when I spend that ten bucks, I might feel poor for a minute. But then, wait, I, I'm I, I don't have an overdraft fee. I'm not broke. So those things that that crop up, I immediately put a wedge in by saying overestimate your expenses and underestimate your income. Taking another practical example, that same um, that same eighty-five dollar expense. Let's say that you have $115 in the bank and an $85 expense. Well, I would say round that $115 down to $100, bucks, round your $85 up to $90. Think you only have $10 when in fact you have $50. It's tough for a little while, but like Tony Robbins says, you know, if the government were to tax you an extra 5 or 10%, you wouldn't be happy about it, but you'd figure it out. And it's really about that. You will figure it out as a human being. You said there's a tipping point. Explain what that tipping point is. In doing this underestimate, overestimate situation. Absolutely. So that, that um, I actually thought about bringing that up earlier when you were talking about uh, the happiness part. Um, this tipping point is a theoretical, what I'm calling comfort limit or um, convenience limit. Uh, I haven't quite nailed the name down yet, but what it represents is this idea of, oh, I have X dollars. I'm comfortable just giving away, throwing away, going to buy a coffee or going to buy a new car, depending on how much money I have, there's a comfort limit there. So if you take that comfort limit and you cut it by say in half and do all your rounding by that number, you're guaranteed to have that extra spending money whenever you want it. Yeah. Now your next chapter is what you call stop the insanity to get things out of your head. How does having things be in people's head kind of slow them down and make them a victim of all these, the psychology? Sure. So there's this concept, the same two Harvard professors I talked about earlier, um, and I would butcher their names if I tried to, to uh, pronounce them. The book that they wrote is called Scarcity, Why Having So Little Means So Much. Um, you just Google that, you'll find it. The, they talk about a concept of bandwidth tax. Think about it like you're going on vacation and you've got a, a suitcase. There's two kinds of people. There's the kind of people that overpack their suitcase so they can't fit another thing and then every decision that they have to make involves what am I going to take out, what don't I need, and all of the, everything that comes with that. And then there's the kind of people that leave themselves room and space. And when they have room and space and they think of something new, they just add it in the suitcase. So you can see that I don't even need to go any deeper than that. You can see how those two set themselves up. And so with the buffer money combined with the practice of taking anything that you think of that you want and putting it into this mindful money program I described earlier, uh, you can get the stuff out of your head and be able to focus on the things that you want to focus on. So you're saying most people are in the first category. They stuff their bag with too much stuff and they're trying to get rid of things. And you'd be happier if you had the second strategy of kind of be leaner in, in what you pack psychologically, I guess you'd say. Absolutely, because it creates possibility, right? So when you have the opening for possibility, a lot more can happen. And when that possibility comes and you have to say no or I can't, that's a downer. So it's better to have room for possibilities and be able to say yes instead of getting rid of baggage, I guess you might put it. Is that right? Absolutely. That's actually, yeah, that's brilliant. Yes, exactly. Very good. Okay. We're going to go into this a bit more. We're going to take a break right now. Uh, my guest this hour is Chris Fern. Uh, he is the creator of the Mindful Money Program. Uh, you can find out more about it at practicemindfulmoney.com. A lot of interesting ideas to help you be happier as you uh, spend and save your money. We'll be back after this.
stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. This is Rock, uh, Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Chris Fern. Uh, he's the creator of the Mindful Money Program, uh, t- talking about how to become more happy with the way you spend and earn your money. You can find out more about it at his website, which is practicemindfulmoney.com. Welcome back to the show, Chris. Thank you, Jordan. So we're talking about your book here, and in Chapter 3, you talk about it's all in how the river flows, about mm-hmm. cash flow. So what is the principle of consistency that will help people be happier in the way their money flows? Absolutely. Um, so think about how people get paid. Uh, if you're an entrepreneur or a freelancer, you probably get paid whenever the client sends you a check. And if you have a salary, you get paid every two weeks. But bills aren't due whenever you get a check or every two weeks. They're due every month. And the things that you want, you have to have a plan to contribute to. So what cash flow represents, and it's of course, used in the business context, and you hear about it in the business and finance world all the time, but in a real personal level, what cash flow represents, obviously, mathematically, money in minus money out, but this idea of normalizing all of those all of those expenses so that you don't have to think about, and this is what I went through. You know, you asked me about my story. When I was getting paid every two weeks, I would sit down and I'd be like, all right, what bills are due this week or this, this set of two weeks? And whatever extra I had, I'd be anxious about... about you know, making sure I had enough saved up for the next two weeks because that was when the big rent bill was due. And so it'd be this constant, constant cycle. Cash flow, and if you embrace the concept of cash flow, like I talk about in that chapter, allows you to get paid, um, put that in some account, and have that account built up with enough so that you can have your bills taken out automatically. And at the end of a, let's say, a year or a month, you know exactly what you have left over. So income minus expenses gives you that thing that we call cash flow, that what they call margin in business. And that margin is what you have to play with. So here's a great example. My mom just bought a new car. She consulted me on it first and she said, should I buy this car? And I said, well, you only have about two or $300 a month left over. And we, I knew that because I'd done her numbers. 
you only have two or $300 a month left over, can you afford a $300 car payment? You're going to need to let go of something. So where a lot of people get caught up is in this frazzle of every two weeks to every two weeks to every two weeks or whenever I get a check. And what cash flow says is, hey, chill out on that. Um, let's get it so that you get paid. That fills up a pot and you know exactly how much is left at the bottom of that pot every time you dump new ingredients in. And because you know exactly how much is left, you can make more intelligent decisions about recurring uh, costs, recurring expenses like a car payment or hey, maybe I have an extra 20 bucks and I want to go out and spend it. But you don't know that until you know the bigger picture, which is that cash flow. And that's what leads to happiness is that certainty that you don't have to be scrambling all the time. Is that the- exactly? Yeah. yeah. Reducing okay. stress increases happiness. Yes. So your chapter four is what you call say, so what now? Uh, what you call about, talk about Ohio, which is only handle it once. So yep. what are some of the things that you need to only handle once? One of the, pretty much everything, actually, um, you, you don't want to have the same conversations in your head over and over again. The decision about what's important is a great example. If I have 20 things uh, between things I want, things I need, things I think I want that I don't really, uh, I'm sorry, things I think I need that are really more wants, and I, I have those all in my head, or I've written them on a piece of paper, and every time I get paid, I sit down and prioritize those and try to figure out what I might be able to squeeze out of this paycheck, that's a conversation that you're having ex- like every whatever period, however often you're doing this, every week, every two weeks, that you don't need to be having. So decisions about what's more important, what's less important, decisions about um, a thing that you want. You know, if, if you don't write it down and get it into some kind of central place, then you're going to constantly be reminded and bombarded with these things that you want. You're going to be constantly um, sort of becoming aware of things that you may have forgotten or things that um, (laughs) you already did that now you have to do again. And so the Mindful Money platform really supports this idea of make your decisions one time. You can revisit them if you want to, but you really only want to handle it once. You only want to have um, one, one pot, one envelope for each of these things. You want to have one place where that envelope goes, and you want to know that, that, that that's taken care of. If you have to handle something more than one time, you're wasting time. So, so basically, the idea is it's giving you reassurance that not having to deal with these things over and over, it, it frees you up to be more creative and, and happier, is what you're saying. Exactly. And uh, it gives you more confidence, right? So if I walk through them all and I say, man, I really, really want, I talked about sound earlier, I really, really want that guitar that's a $600 guitar. Okay, let me tap it into my program and I'm done. I never have to think about it again. Instead of continuing to walk down the hallway and mulling over how I might get the guitar, thinking about all the money that I, I might be making or all my expenses and doing math. No, the, the, the one-time handling is just get it out of your head and get it somewhere else. And your chapter five is what you call the backup plan, mm-hmm. which is uh, what you have to do when the cash flow gets too low, mm-hmm. uh, the principle of prioritization. So how can people prioritize So if the cash flow does get too low, they don't freak out. Yeah, so we're going to have a free tool on our website to help you do this. Um, But the best way to do it is is exactly that, prioritize. The mindful money process will walk you through a way of doing it a little bit more emotionally so that you have that emotional tie to things. And it will also help you do it in a way that um, allows you to compare only one thing to one thing at a time instead of having the whole list in front of you. But... um, 
as I described earlier, the way mindful money works is you get money and it goes into a bunch of these quote-unquote envelopes. Well, if these envelopes are prioritized, if these envelopes are in an order that tells the system what's more important or less, and let's say your, your expenses are $800 a month and you make 1000 going back to cash flow and how important that is, and then your pay or your, you, know, you lose a client or your pay gets cut up for whatever reason or you lose your job and that income level drops below what you know your expenses are, what, now you don't have to make the panic decision because remember, you talked earlier about this fight or flight response. You don't have to make that panicked decision anymore because everything's in order. People can prioritize things simply by asking these, this one question. What's, you know, take two items. What is more important to me? Best two out of three. What makes me happier? What's generally more important? Like even if rent doesn't make me happy, it's more important than you know, most other things. And what's more urgent? So if I have an emergency dental appointment, for instance, that might be more urgent than something that might make me happier. So you ask the, that question, best two out of three is the more, is a higher priority. When you don't have enough money, you just stop contributing to those lower priorities. You've already made the decision. You've already handled it once. You've already prioritized everything. And it's very, very easy to just shut off contributions to those other envelopes. So how would you raise a child uh, using these principles? Because children want everything now. Oh, man. Everything to them is a need. Uh, and there's no prioritization whatsoever. It's kind of what's right in front of them. How could one raise a child... Uh, mindfully uh, to kind of in- inculcate yeah. this from the, from the beginning. This is a this is a tricky question. So uh, when we last spoke, my fiance was pregnant with my first child, and he is now three months old. Aha! Uh-huh. Um, and I've been doing a lot of thinking about this very concept. <laughs> so I appreciate the question. Um, so what I would suggest is start early. Um, like I already have a baby account. I already have a child fund that I've set up. And of course, you and your program, Jordan, uh, you teach great practices to uh, compound your money and to make more money off the money you have. And there, there is certainly a, a place in mindful money for that. But before you even get there, you have to realize that you need to start. And so that's um, what the very first thing I'd say is just create an envelope on our platform for child. Start contributing to prioritize it in whatever. I'm not going to tell you how. I know what I think, but that doesn't matter. It depends on what you think and what you feel. Prioritize it and I'll start contributing to it. And don't take any money from it. Just contribute to it and um, start doing that early. And I would also uh, really engage your child in the process. So if my child, when he's old enough to have that conversation with me, says, Dad, I want that toy. Dad, I want this. Dad, I want that. I would say, okay, let's write all these things down. And I would go with him through the process. Um, He may not like it at first, but what he'll find, just like most humans um, who are stuck in this childlike way of thinking about money, what they will find is that they're going to get what they want and it's going to make them ultimately happier. So be present with your child in in that process. Don't just, don't just, you know, shoo them away. And I don't, I don't know if that'll work to be real with you. Um, But that's the advice that I would give at this point. My child's only three months. He's not asking me for stuff yet. There's money set aside so I can get him stuff. But I want him to learn how to prioritize and not be overwhelmed. So that's, that, and that's a skill that we can apply to everything. You know, mindful money is just, it uses money as a channel in order for, to prioritize, organize, and streamline everything. What is the typical way that people bring up children as it relates to money? I mean, the kids want things. They want lollipops and toys and so on and then it's this battle do you get to them do you say no i mean is is that the typical kind of system people have set up and how would yours be different than that kind of whole battle 
That's that's a big question, and it's a big question for a lot of reasons. Because the typical system that people set up with children, um, I don't know much about because um, I haven't been there. What I would what I would say though is there's a bigger epidemic happening, and that is of consciousness. So um, a lot of men, a lot of dads, don't have healthy emotional relationships with themselves, which prevents them from having healthy emotional relationships with their children. Um, millennials, uh, actually, I'll. I'll give you some research before I go into that. Millennials, my generation, I'm 30 years old um, and, and younger, don't trust their parents. 80, uh, I think it's between 70 and 80% don't trust their parents for financial advice. They don't trust the financial system. And they have thirty dollars to $40,000 in student debt, uh, less than $1,000 in savings, and don't know where to turn. So whatever that old system is, isn't working. Um, I, I think that it's been a... You know, grow up, go to school, get a job, save your money, not, not really pursuing what you're saving it for, not being educated on the difference between index funds and mutual funds. And there's no financial education. So now what I'm trying to do is first open the door and say, what's even important to you? Let's have the emotional intelligence conversation first, because we're not going to have a conversation about money until you know what you value and you know why you value it. And then let's talk about the vehicles by which you can get those things while while I, as the parent, am sort of running your process until you're old enough to do it. So vehicles could be um, now educating my children about money. The vehicles could be these savings accounts that they create. It could be uh, an index fund rather than a mutual fund. It could be anything, really. Um, they just need to be educated, and they need to be educated in a way that is more akin to what they want and their creative process than anything else. Because what we've done in the past created a huge, huge um, generation of doubt and fear. Yes. Uh, you talked about the free, uh, uh, what you have at uh, practicemindfulmoney.com, a kind of a free program. You said there were some extra modules uh, for a cost. What are those costs and what do you get for those extra modules? Great. So the ability to save your information um, is, is a pretty big deal. Our memberships are going to be priced at $19 a month and $99 a month. Um, the, we're going to release the $19 a month one first because the $99 a month one really introduces a lot more of the gamification components and a lot more of the advanced stuff I'll talk about in a sec. $19 a month, you're allowed to save this whole structure that you create for yourself. I walked you through the process earlier so you can save these envelopes, you can save this prioritization, you can save these values. You can plug in your, um, your income and have that history save every time so it kind of activates the artificial intelligence, the AI, the gamification kind of activates that by saving all the history and it activates the coaching piece that gives you advice. All you're going to get for free is the ability to run through the process and get a feel for how this new perspective um, on your energy, really money um, is an acronym that my uh, friend John Lewis says stands for my own natural energy yield. Um, it's just this way of managing energy. So you're going to get that feedback right away. You're going to be able to see, okay, if I have this much money, here's where it goes. But if you want to save that, if you want to see the history of that, if you want to tweak that at all after you've set it in, um, you need to create an account and access to that platform is $19 a month. $99 a month starts to activate more of the gaming. It, it opens up the community element. I'm working on an algorithm now that'll be incorporated into the platform, hopefully by the end of the year, that allows couples and families to join their priorities together and to allow them to um, kind of have one envelope, one module, one like layer, um, as I described earlier, in both like 
you know, my fiance and I might have the same envelope, but they might be sitting in different places and the system would still be aware of that. So it would open up the community element. It would open up the gamification element and it would, um, I think, open up a lot more of the AI. Uh, we're still fleshing out the $99 a month tier, okay. but that's where it's at right now. Very good. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Chris Fern. He's the creator of the Mindful Money Program. Uh, you can find out more about what he's been talking about at practicemindfulmoney.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Christopher Fern. He is the creator of the Mindful Money Program. You can find out more about what we're talking about here at practicemindfulmoney.com. Welcome back to the show, Chris. Thank you so much, Jordan. So you've been able to use this platform to help people avoid foreclosure mm-hmm. and keep money in the bank that they never thought they would save. How has it worked in a case like that, avoiding such an extreme uh, distress situation? Sure. So one of my uh, one of my first clients had she was I think three thousand to four thousand dollars in debt uh, for, with, from the bank. Probably actually probably about double that, uh, just under ten. I remember now and. Uh, she had been doing her expenses on paper every single month, like we talked about, and she had been gauging whether she could spend her money on a whim at, while she's out, like like we talked about. And um, she'd been doing some of the other things that my next book is gonna is gonna cover, such as uh, always carrying around her debit card, so she always had access to her money, often having cash, and then also um, keeping all of her money in one account. So uh, she would see that she had money and thought that she could spend it, and then. I didn't think she she had enough. So with this program, what I did is I took her through. I said, look, at the end of a month, you should have this much money left over based on the numbers that you're telling me for food and for rent and all these things. Why don't you? And that was a setup because she didn't know. Then we proceeded to look at why she didn't. And the awareness in and of itself, the mindfulness of where her money is going, using tracking tools that are publicly available, uh, where we don't we don't do the tracking for you. There's a bunch of tools that will. But I took her through one of those. And she said, wow, I didn't realize I spent so much in these areas. So we cut that down. And then I helped her uh, prioritize, you know, um, the foreclosure, paying back the foreclosure was a whole separate um, line item in here, a separate block, a separate envelope. Um, I 
allocated for some extra, for some buffer, right? About $30 a month, which is more than she's, I've ever seen her have, my history of knowing her. And uh, I, I used the software that I wrote. Uh, at that time, it was a proof of concept spreadsheet uh, to calculate exactly where her money would be going. And every time she got paid, we ran through the process of taking a chunk of what she got paid. And at first, we, we started a savings account and then distributed the rest of the money manually to you know, her gas company, her electric company, whatever. That savings account grew, which then allowed her to do what we talked about earlier, oh, that Ohio only handle it once principle, the idea of consolidation, the idea of, of uh, cash flow. It allowed her to get really connected to that because now all of her bills were being taken out as soon as she got paid. And now she was very aware of how much money she had left over. And the first month that we started working together, she jumped up and down because she had an extra 30 bucks. And just by waiting, just by just by time taking its 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 course yeah. she was contributing some extra money to her her mortgage she was paying her mortgage every month she was paying off old debts and all it took was that visibility the prioritization the acknowledgement that if she didn't have enough money she not only had a credit line that we're going to talk about in a second um, to borrow from but that she created for herself but also um, she was looking at fewer things so it was less overwhelming and everything was prioritized so she knew that if she didn't have enough at one point she could just stop contributing to something that she wanted. And so what that ended up with is now she's several thousand dollars ahead on her mortgage. She's using the same number. She's using the same spreadsheet. She just waited. She let the, the money take its course instead of impulsively doing a thing. And she's got money set aside for her yearly gardening, which she enjoys, or home renovation. She's just remodeled her kitchen in cash. Things so make her happy, fo- yes. Right. Fo- following the principles, exactly, yes. Now you also say that people can establish their own credit line Without mm-hmm. paying interest. I mean, people get into credit card debt and student loan debt and mortgage debt. How can people establish, in, in a circumstance you're talking about, uh, their own credit line without having to pay any interest? Sure. Well, this is a great full circle question uh, because before the break, you asked me about child rearing and how to teach a child some of these principles. Well, think about it like this if I have a $1,000 credit line and I fill it up and I have an interest rate of 10%, by the time I pay that off, I've paid more than $1,000. And it's taken me longer than it would have if I just had the cash and paid that same amount every month. So why not prioritize uh, if this is your thing? And, and, you know, in part of our coaching, we say set this up. But um, why not prioritize an envelope that's save it, this generic savings thing people talk about specifically made for your credit line? And so if it takes me three years to pay off that $1,000, which is a long time to do it, maybe you're paying less than the minimum, I don't know. But if it takes you three years to pay that off, then why would you pay more on top of that? Why not just wait three years, save up the money, and then have the money to spend and pay yourself back as you would pay a credit card back with no interest? I don't know. Um, That's how I do it. That's how we suggest that it gets done um, with mindful money is literally a bank account meant to serve as a credit line for those times when you may not have enough, for those times when unexpected stuff comes up, and for those times when, you know, maybe it's Christmas and somebody deserves a gift or maybe you have a great client or whatever you would use a credit line for, um, provided that the amount that you're paying back into it is no more than your cash flow. Yes. Uh, let's talk about investing a little bit. We talked a lot about spending and controlling your spending and your wants and mm-hmm. needs, but how about making your money grow? Uh, you talked about index funds a little bit, but how should people see investing as part of the whole picture here so their total assets are growing, giving them more ability to spend on what they want? 
Absolutely. Well, first, you have to be educated. Um, you have to know what grows your assets, right? The reason I mentioned index funds is because, in general, they have fewer fees than mutual funds. So I have that background. I've read a number of books on that. Get educated. Figure out what's going to grow your assets and prioritize that. So it, for me, I value having my money grow over time. Um, there's this rule of 72 that says that if you take a dollar figure um, and you divide that, I think it's that dollar figure by 72, you would know this better than me. That's you end right. up with the total amount of time it takes to double your investment. And so if that's the case, why not contribute to something with that kind of a yield, right? Why not prioritize that above even your rent or above even your electric bill, even if you can't afford it, because you'll figure it out. Like I said, Tony Robbins says, if you tack 20 to 30% of tax on, if the government were to tack 20 to 30% tax onto you, you'd be upset, but you'd figure it out. So prior, educate yourself on what would grow your assets. Of course, there's, there's stock options and things like that, like uh, the index funds and the mutual funds and all those things currencies, whatever, but then also prioritize it. A lot of people don't prioritize it. And when you get all the crap out of your head, when you get all, all of the things that are going around there in terms of finance, prioritized and organized and streamlined and on paper, and you visit that once a week, it becomes a lot easier to say, oh, I should think about my long-term future. Let me write that down just like I would the new video game. What do you think is the single greatest thing you've found that contributes to financial success? Not only financial, but happiness. Mindfulness. And Being so, aware. And it's hard for people to do that without the training you provided. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah. So how yeah. is what you're doing different from traditional financial planning and, and traditional budgeting that kind of people are used to? Sure. So there's a couple ways. Um, the traditional finance, the traditional budget seems to me to only have two veins. Your basic, here's how to write a checkbook, here's how to add and subtract, which to me is math and not finance, and then here's how the stock market runs, and here's how you can try to beat the market, and here's all these, the stuff um, that, like index funds, mutual funds, all those things, there's nothing in the middle that talks about the person, um, so that's the, the first way. There's nothing that says, hey, what's your own personal thing, and what do you want to do, and how do you make that happen? The second is that, uh, that, that we don't really, how can I put this? Um, we don't really ask questions logically, and we do that on purpose. We use life coaching methods, which are meant to be more exploration, uh, explore, yeah, explorational, meant to be more of a kind of like you're walking through this imaginary field, seeing what you see, seeing what comes to you, rather than this, this logical, what's more important. Because when you ask a logical question, you introduce this thing that I'm really going to be highlighting in the second book called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is when your mind plays tricks on you and makes you believe something that's not true. Mm -hmm. So our line of questioning gets that out of the picture so that you're not subject to your own ego. Very good. Well, it's a very innovative way to uh, have happiness and keep your budget and have your money growing and yeah. Even teach your kids how to uh, do well with your money. My guest this hour has been Chris Fern. He's the creator of the Mindful Money Program. Uh, you can hear about all of what we've talked about in much more detail at practicemindfulmoney.com. Thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Chris. Absolutely, Jordan. It was my pleasure, and thank you for having the show. This is great. Thanks so much, and next week we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.